Willis Welcome to the Fade Route. With DNZ. Here are your hosts. DNZ. Episode of the Fade Route with DNZ. I am D. We have a great show for you tonight. The NBA trade deadline approaches. We order up the NFL coaching hires, and Major League Baseball makes bad headlines. But we begin today's show with Super Bowl Fifty Six. Matthew Stafford and the Win Now Rams versus Joe Burrow, and we might have something here. Bengals. In one of the least hyped Super Bowls in the last 10 years. Well, Z, we're here. It's happening. Who wins and why? It's all come down to this. The, the moment of truth. And it's kind of deceptive how evenly matched these teams are. In fact, during the season, would you believe, I'm throwing it out there, see if you believe it, that the high-octane Rams, right? You got your Matthew Stafford, you had your Robert Woods for most of the season, they replaced him with Odell Beckham Jr., you got Higby, you got Cup. They averaged the same amount of points for as the little engine that could the boys from Cincinnati these Bengal Bucks if you will, these youngins with your Joe Burrow and your Jamar Chase your T. Higgins CJ Uzama, all these guys that are young up and coming studs, would you believe that they averaged uh, both teams average 27.1 points per game. That is surprising. So, for me, that means the offense is a wash. And it's who shows up on defense. And if you look at the numbers, and numbers can definitely make you think very interesting things. Yeah. There is a slight, a slight advantage to the Rams, even though they have Ramsey and Miller and Aaron Donald and, you know, and Eric keep Weddle. Going, keep going, yeah, keep I keep going. going. I just keep, keep going. going. Keep going. Yeah. So this embarrassment of riches, this all-star team, and this little engine that could, who picked up guys like Eli friggin' Apple, cast-offs, if you will, it is going to be, it's definitely going to be a lot closer than we think. And would it surprise me if the Bengals knocked off the Rams? When you look at the numbers and you look at the way the Bengals have been playing? No, absolutely not. Because if you, even if you look at, if you go by player by player, right? offensively, 
the wide receiver core in name only, like Cup and Beckham, like that's great. That's definitely going to play. But Higgins and Chase, I'm fine with that. That works. That plays. Where this is going to be won or lost is in the trenches. Aaron Donald against that Bengal offensive line. If he can get penetration and he can beat down Joe Burrow the way Joe Burrow was beaten down by the Titans, then the Rams will have this one in the back. But this is the linchpin for the Rams. It's Matthew Stafford. He is the guy, right? It was supposed to be, he's supposed to be the guy that is going to take them over the hump because Jared Goff was not the quarterback to do it. And if Detroit Matthew rears his ugly head, this could be a very long day for the Rams. So it's a toss-up. It's a pick'em at this point. So I'm going to flip a coin, and I'm going to take the... I'm going to take the Bengals. Because, frankly... After all that, you're after, taking the Bengals. After all that build-up, I'm <laughs> taking the Bengals because I still don't trust Matthew Stafford. I'm taking a second-year player over Matthew Stafford. For you, sir, I see the rest of my time. Well, unfortunately, the Super Bowl will not be airing on our podcast. No. So I will be brutally honest with everyone that this game is going to be one-sided. Now, on one side, you have nine first-round picks, a top-five corner, two of the top... 10 defensive players in the game. Cooper Cup had one of the best seasons in wide receiver history. The Rams are playing a home game. They also have Matthew Stafford, a former number one overall pick. The Rams better win. (laughs) Right? They have to. This is their destiny. Matthew Stafford has 86 career wins and 44 of them He's have been come from behind victories. I mean, listen, I hope the Bengals win. I'm going to be rooting for the Bengals. But I just don't see it. The talent, the talent doesn't lie. This game's going to come down to the trenches. And yeah, Joe Burrow's great. He gets hit nine times and he gets back up. That's fantastic. But at the end of the day, these guys are going to be pinning their ears back. And they're going to be coming. Nobody's had an answer for Cooper Cup this whole playoff. I can't get the numbers in front of me right now, but I'm pretty sure he's averaging over 100 yards and over a touchdown in each playoff game. And guess what? If you decide to stack the odds against him, they got another guy over there called Odell Beckham Jr., who is, even though people don't like him, he's an elite wide receiver and he's healthy now. I just don't see how the Bengals walk into L.A. and beat this team. Now, now the only part, the X factor, you said the X factor is Matthew Stafford. Are we going to get Detroit Lions, Matthew Stafford? Are we going to get the first six games of the season, L.A. Rams, Matthew Stafford? Because let's be real, the Matthew Stafford from the last couple of weeks hasn't been that great. No, sir. They were, they were two plays away from losing to the 49ers. And if it wasn't for... Uh, blown coverage in the Bucks game. They're not even in the NFC Championship game. 
<coughs> the X Factor in the game on Sunday is Mr. Sean McVay. <laughs> we saw him the last time he was in the Super Bowl get out coached by Bill Belichick. Showed the Rams a front they had never seen before. Exploited Jared Goff for what he was. Literally led to him getting traded less than 16 games later. <laughs> so, is he going to get out coached here? Probably not. But will he make mistakes? Did they prepare for this game correctly? That I don't know, and that we'll find out. And I hope they didn't. But I, you know, that remains to be seen. Well, here's my thing to counter your argument. Pressure. Who's the pressure? pressure. Who, who, who's under pressure? Who's Push under down on me? Push pressing down, down on, on you. you. Exactly. Who has more pressure? The Rams. It's a home game, like you mentioned. They're the team that was supposed to be here. They're the team of destiny. They're the ones with uh, an all-pro in, what, eight different positions. Like, they're the ones with Jalen Ramsey. They're the ones with Aaron Donald. They're the ones with Matthew Stafford. They're the ones who are supposed to be here. Pressure either busts pipes or makes diamonds. I don't know if these guys outside of Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald can handle the pressure. We've seen Jalen Ramsey melt under pressure and get torched. We've seen Odell Beckham Jr. lose his mind after somebody talked a little shit to him. And you can tell me that, oh, he's matured and, oh, he's healthy. At the end of the day, there's enough tape on Odell Beckham to know that you can get in his head. And if you get in his head early, you can shut him down. And Matthew Stafford, it's well documented. Yes, he has 44 come from behind wins, but he's had plenty of games where he looks like dog shit. So the other the other part is like, what does this really say about Matthew Stafford? And to me, it doesn't it doesn't really say much, right? Mm-hmm. It's all it says is like, okay, you got put on an elite team and you won a Super Bowl. You're better than Jared Goff. Let me slow clap that for you. <laughs> right? Right? Yeah. I yeah. mean, think about it. Think about it. You should win this game. You should win. So if you don't win, you get crushed. And if you do win, I, I don't really give you credit, man. Now you come back and do it next year. All right. That 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 might, that might work. But to me, like I said, you've got... Odell Beckham, you got Andrew Whitworth, you've got uh, Sony Michelle who won a Super Bowl, you've got uh, Cooper Cup who had an all-time season. I mean, come on, man! Like you on the other side of the ball, you got Von Miller, mm-hmm. you got Andrew, you got uh, Aaron Donald, you got Jalen Ramsey. Like, come on, man! And you're going up against the Bengals. It, rem- it makes me remember. Peyton Manning's first Super Bowl. It's like, dude, you beat Rex Grossman in the Bears. Like, stop. <laughs> like, you don't get credit for that, man. You don't get credit. You're supposed to go in and win that game. You're Peyton Manning. I don't care if it's raining. I don't care if it's in Florida, Alaska. You got to win that game. Now, yeah. what happened? Peyton goes up against Drew Brees, gets punched in the mouth, and he loses. That's bad. Peyton Manning goes up against the Seattle Seahawks, gets 
slap. 56 think to 8 or something like that. Mm-hmm. 46 to 8. That looks bad. Now you go up against Cam Newton, MVP, 15 and 1. All right, Peyton, you get my respect there because you didn't even – you threw one touchdown pass in that game. You could barely throw, you know. So that's where I am with Matthew Stafford and this game. That's where I am for the Super Bowl. And wasn't going to let everybody wait until the end of the show to get our pick. No, nor, nor should we. This is this is the main event. We're leading with the main event early, and yeah. as we should. But um, if there is like an outside or, you know – who you see as like the outside chance for MVP for this? Because we know that they're going to want to slurp. They're going to trip all over themselves to give it to one of the quarterbacks. So who would be a dark horse candidate for MVP in your opinion? Yeah, uh, a dark horse candidate would be Von Miller because he's done it before, mm. right? That would be my dark horse. Um and on the yeah, and the Bengals side is not a lot. There's not a lot there. I'm curious to see what their game plan is. Um, if I were running the Bengals, if I was Zach Taylor, I I kind of try to be run heavy in the first half and pass in the second half. Because um, what I want to do is I want to get into a shootout with you. Mm-hmm. I I don't I don't want to. I, I, that's how I'm going to win this game. And. I'm going to run to set myself up for plays later on. That's what why for you, me, that's why for me, that would be, yeah. that's why Joe Mixon is going to be my MVP. Yeah. You know, because yeah. they I can't remember the last time, uh, I can't remember the last time a running back won. Probably, was it Terrell Davis? I think Terrell Davis might have been one of the Super Bowl MVPs. That probably was. That was like 98. Jesus. 99. Jesus. But yeah, it's like, that's what you got to do. If you have, you treat them like the Buffalo Bills and you're yeah. the New York Giants. You run the damn ball. You keep them. You keep their offense on the sideline. You keep their defense exhausted on the field. You don't let them sub, and you just run that. Run it down their throats. Yeah, and because they the will is, break. Yeah, because the thing with this team is like they're they're built to go after the quarterback, mm-hmm. and we've seen them play games where you know teams are able to run the ball and they they lost. They weren't able to really play well. Do you love brownies? Of course you love brownies. But you know what's better than a brownie? A delicious, handcrafted, gourmet brownie delivered right to your doorstep. That's what our guys at Sweet Life Brownie Co. offer. Chef Tommy D and the crew offer a dozen delicious delights that you will crave. From the classic OB to Dutch Apple to Campfire S'mores and many more. Check out their website, SweetLifeBrownieCo.com, for their Friday brownie drops. At noon, their site goes live and you see what they're making. Since you're there, become a site member and earn points. You earn 50 points just by signing up. Make sure you follow them on Instagram and Facebook too at SweetLifeBrownie underscore co for the latest updates and their latest releases and creations. That's SweetLifeBrownieCo.com. Give them a call, 845-641-3043 and tell them DNZ sent you. That's SweetLifeBrownieCo.com, 845-641-3043. Sweet Life Brownie Co., because there's always room for a brownie. But, you know, it, we're only a couple of days away. We'll see what happens. But the Rams, we're, in, we're a win-now team. They made all the moves to win today. 
And some would argue that if McVay and Snead did not get the job done this year, they would have lost their job. <coughs> Me. We, we, kind of, we kind of agreed on that earlier this year. Oh, yeah. So, in your opinion, which coaches need to make the Super Bowl next year to keep their jobs? Now, there are definitely there are levels to this, right? Because then you'll have you have bulletproof, untouchable guys. You have your Andy Reeds, your Bill Belichick's, and probably Bruce Arians. Maybe I would he's put him in. He's gonna He's gonna retire. Yeah. So, One year without Tom, I'm out of here. Right. So I definitely see them at that level. And then underneath them are the guys you really need to worry about. Because then you below this level, you're looking at guys like Mike McCarthy. Like he's not a Super Bowl or bust coach. They're not even close to a Super Bowl. Like Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff King. They got to win a game in the. Play. They got to win a round before they got to. Super- they got to get their quarterback to start following them again on Instagram. <laughs> hey, before their Super Bowl or bust, how about you actually win a playoff game? Like another guy who's untouchable in my opinion is Mike Tomlin. So he's up on that echelon with, you know, the Belichicks and like, he's good. So that leaves you with guys like Mike Vrabel. That leaves you with LeFleur. 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 Those guys are definitely on the list. I mean, if Kyle Shanahan gets a, a quarterback who's actually decent, There'll be some expectations on Kyle Shanahan. I think the expectations get ratcheted up on him. Um, other than that, like those are the three biggest ones in my. You know what? I will throw Frank Reich in there as well because yeah. this was supposed to be the yeah. year that the Colts took the next level. And then yeah. you got a guy like Brandon Staley. Your team was supposed to be on the rise, but you that kept guy. making stupid ass decisions. That guy. Yeah. And you want an out, you want a kind of out of left field one that who should be safe but might not be? John Harbaugh. Like, yes, I agree. How, how yep. many years? How yep. many years are we gonna wait for the Ravens to do what they're supposed to do? And like, they, they just lost their defensive coordinator, Wink Martindale, to the Giants, which I would argue is a better hire than Brian Dable as their head coach. I oh mean, totally. Let let coach uh martindale get into bradbury and blake martinez and let me tell you they're gonna play some defense next year for sure 100 percent. but those are the guys i'm looking at i'm looking at i'm definitely looking at lafleur i'm looking at vrabel i'm looking at harbaugh i'm looking at that that just underneath level of guys who have expectations on them and their team should be there frank Reich too who you got? Yeah, it's interesting that you say um, Rabel, and I'm 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 also in agreement with you on Harbaugh because they had so many injuries this year and it sucked. But it's like, what's going on? It's, it's a little up and down. But mm-hmm. my first guy is Matt Lafleur. Mm-hmm. I mean, dude, it's like you got blown out in the opener against the Saints. Then you were beaten by Jimmy G and the 49ers in the divisional round, and the only game. And the only game Aaron Rodgers didn't start, you lost. And he's likely leaving. So you you took a step back this year by not making the title game. So if you miss the playoffs or you don't get to back to at least a conference championship, I think you're out. I think he's out. Uh, my next guy is Mike McCarthy. It's just like, dude, 
there's no reason why Dallas shouldn't be where the Rams are right now. Think about it. I mean, I think that Dallas is pound for pound just as good offensively at every position as the Rams are. And, you know, come on, Amari Cooper, Cooper Cup, Odell Beckham Jr., the C.D. Lamb, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, Sony Michelle. Come on, like, and Dak and, and Stafford. Dak's better than Stafford. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, Dak is better so, than Stafford. So they got all stars at almost every offensive position. They got an outstanding rookie linebacker in Parsons. And Sean Payton's waiting to take your job, bro. And and you know what? Dan Quinn was like, nah, I'm not gonna take any of these head coaching jobs. Mike's gonna fuck this up. I could definitely I could definitely come back as D coordinator and be interim coach for the rest of the season. <laughs> so Right? I mean, that's totally... Come on, that's exactly what he was No, that's thinking. what he's thinking. He totally. was a finalist for all those jobs. And he's like, you know what? Take my name out. I see where this is headed. This okay. dude's going to get fired when we're 0-4, 1-3, or 2-2. Two two. I'm going to get a chance to coach the Dallas Cowboys for the rest of the season and then pick what I want to do. <coughs> that's that's that. And the last one, our favorite terrible quarterback, terrible coach, Brandon Staley. <laughs> based on his listen, based on his poor decisions, and the Chargers will be eager to get Sean Payton on the phone before Dallas does. I mean, come on, Sean Payton coaching Herbert. Wow. I mean, come on. That is you gotta go for that, especially if it's available. No, absolutely. Um they those are those are definitely solid picks. I mean, McCarthy, he's a the problem with McCarthy is that he works for Jerry friggin' Jones. And Jerry Jones just is the... He's the constant, right? You change the coach. You change the players. What What's not changing? The owner is the GM. That's a problem. So... But, da- really- but, Dallas, but Dallas drafts well. They draft well... And they have good players. Their cap's a little a little wonky. Their cap's a little jacked up. But they got good players. They got good talent. They should have done better this year. Yeah. Well, that speaks to these guys not being able to play together in a big moment. You need to have some kind of continuity. And regular season and playoffs are two different things. You know that. And most importantly, it's Jerry Jones and it's Kellen Moore. That the game plan that, that Kellen guy. Moore is putting, yeah, Das Wunderkind, right? Like the game plan that that Wonder Boy put in place, where you don't run Ezekiel Elliott, <laughs> doesn't work. It does not work. If he was a, you should have, you should have kicked in a little under the table for the one of these teams to take Kellen Moore as the head coach. All right, quarterback, back quarterback. Quarterback draw on two. Ready, break. Did he just say quarterback draw? <laughs> we have no time. How much time is left? Oh, shit. Uh, this ain't Boise State, kid. This isn't Boise State. What are we doing here? Run, Dak, run. Get down. Get down. <laughs> We're giving to the... No, not the center. No. No, that's not the... That's not the ref. Ah. The guy in the stripes. The guy in the stripes. Ah. But, you know, like... I don't, they're a bigger fish to fry, I think, than Mike McCarthy. And Staley, I mean, he's one dumb decision away from being out. I, I'm with you on that. Like, I mean, the I other... mean, come on. 
Yeah, I mean, you look, you look at the like the Bengals. Like I was looking at their their uh, schedule, and you know the teams they beat, they were in close battles with some teams, right? There's no reason why that couldn't have been the Chargers. Like everybody in the AFC should look at the Bengals and be like, man, that could have been us. Like there's no reason why you couldn't you couldn't overcome adversity and be this team. I mean, what they have to do, really. Mm-hmm. They had to beat a Titans team that really wasn't a one seed, right? They had to, they had to beat a, a Chiefs team, which they were pummeled against in the first half. They were they were beat against the ropes 21-3. Should have been 21-24-3. But they had a, a killer second half. Like, you have to look at that and be like, that could have been us. There's no reason why it couldn't have been. Well, here's another outside-the-box uh the one that I'm thinking about. If you're Terry Pagula, are you frustrated with Sean McDermott if he doesn't ascend yeah. next year? Is he on the ropes? Yeah. Especially when you see what Buffalo did to Kansas City, but then the Bengals go in there and win? Come on. Like, we got we got, we got the better... We're supposed to have the better quarterback. We're supposed to have the better coach and the better team. There's no way you don't look at that stuff and feel like you missed out. Avoid messy accidents. Get better stopping power with your brake pads. Callahan brake pads. You never know when you'll be driving in the road and there will be a truck tire that you need to avoid and save your family. Callahan Auto. We really care about what's under your hood. But one thing that everybody's going to be missing out on this year is looks like it's Major League Baseball. <laughs> Major League Baseball made headlines this week in two not-so-good ways. Citing issues at the bargaining table, the league asked players union if, if they could move to an independent arbitrator, which got voted down by Tony Clark in the players union. Secondly, Major League Baseball had to hold their steroid testing for players during the lockout since the agreement expired. Really, guys? Really? This is way too much of a controversial issue, especially with Bonds and Clemens recently not getting into the hall, most likely due to PED use. So I ask you, which is a bigger problem for baseball? Not being able to move to an independent arbitrator or not being able to test players during the lockout? Well, they're both bad. but Bad? bad. So bad. Absolutely. Way to go, Rob Banford. Who wasn't uh, keeping their eye on this 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 uh this contract expiring or this 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 thing we agreed on the steroid thing that we all agreed on who wasn't keeping an eye on this now we have been wasting the past 15 years of our lives because we have been holding these players right your your Sosa's and your Palmeros and your your A Rods you're holding them down because they're cheating the game. And now all of a sudden, oh, well, we're just going to, you know, we're just going to uh, suspend that and just kind of do whatever, get as big as a house. Who gives a shit, you know? We're just trying to get asses back in the seats. And all this is doing, all this is doing is rendering the past 15 years moot. And that is frustrating as somebody who wants to believe in the integrity of baseball and who wants to the game to return to its former glory. I feel like I've been cheated 
by Major League Baseball. And I'm not going anywhere, but there are lots of people who feel like me who may not who may not agree, who may say, I've had enough. So I completely understand that. As far as the independent uh, arbitration, I yeah, they can't agree what color the sky is. So it's it needs to be done. There needs to be somebody out there that will sit in a room with these guys and you know what? Get a divorce lawyer. Just get a free at, th- at this point it feels like that. It feels like irreconcilable irreconcilable differences. And at this point we're going to just start going through each of the line items and then oh, you want this? You want this. You want this? You want this. Get some you got to get in a room with somebody who's more of an adult than you are and hash this thing out because I want fucking baseball that you know fans you want baseball we all want baseball the fans of the game realize that this sport will not survive another 1994 but there is one good thing we got to start warming our arms up because scabs are coming down the pipe that's the next move and if we can get in on it get in on a team we can say we're major league baseball players I'm just I like saying. it. I'm just I saying. Like it. It. Listen, I think uh, I think the the worst thing that happened to Major League Baseball this week, honestly, is them deciding not to go with an arbitrator. The players' union walking on that suggestion. That just means you're not willing to work with the management. That just means that you want it to be your way. You're not. You're not interested in both sides getting a fair deal. You want it your way. And honestly, it's just... I know a lot of people have said that they've seen this coming. Like two and three years ago, they said, you know, this, this is they're going to have a strike. This isn't going to work out. But guys, let's look at this a little bit differently. Things have really changed the last three years. We went through a pandemic. I'm not... I know these owners are billionaires, but they weren't seeing the same money same return on their investment as they did in years before and i'm not trying to be on the owner's side i'm not trying to give them a break i'm not trying to give them a pass however what i am saying is there's no reason why you can't bring in a person to be fair to be neutral to be down the line because if you can't have it fair and neutral and down the line then what are we doing and the other part is, is i think the players are really taking for granted fans this time around I don't know how you are going to get fans back in the seats because there's going to be a disinterest because of everything that's happened the last few years. And especially for small market teams that had to trade away all their talent because they couldn't afford to pay them. So I think the players are biting themselves here. I don't see this moving in the right direction. And as far as the steroids are concerned... I, yeah, I agree with you. This is a huge problem. You're opening yourself up to Pandora's box. Because let's say when we do start the season and we do get on a testing regimen, you're going you're gonna to have guys failing. And then the product's tainted. And let's not forget that people bet on sports now, man. So, what are, what, 
like what what is what are we gonna do Where, where's the neutral ground where's the balance here and i don't think anybody has thought these things out most likely not they don't care at the end of the day they don't care about you they don't care about me what if oh, I they s- don't care about fans but no. you gotta care about the product man clearly they don't they don't care about the product because they wouldn't be doing what they're doing and it's galling to me for me it's the hypocrisy of it that all of a sudden now we're just going to kind of let this fall by the wayside just after the hall of fame induction where you had poppy go in even though you know he was on the Mitchell report, but that wasn't reported. And it's like, you know, it's kind of under the table. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. We know what's going on. And then you hear, you see like Barry Bonds and, and Roger Clemens like, oh, what the fuck? I'm sorry. Now you're not testing. Okay. Right. Right. Uh, uh, right. Rafael I... Palmero's in hiding. Rafael Palmero's in fucking hiding. Come on. This is absolutely horrible. I mean, we knew that they were going to get in eventually. They were going to get in on one of those ballots, but it's just going to speed that up for sure. And Major League Baseball made another headline, you know, this week. It's not been good, man. It has not been good. They released their top 25 baseball players of all all time, right? And, I mean, there were a few at the top that we kind of figured were going to be there, but... Mike Trout <laughs> was guy. listed at 15. Yogi Berra was listed at 38. Randy Johnson was 24. Sandy Koufax was 32 or 33. I know there seems to be a struggle since, you know, all we want to talk about is, you know, Super Bowl and we're going to talk about Brooklyn Nets in a little bit. We're going to talk about the NBA trade deadline. The Olympics are going on, but you know, what do you think of this list? Like, did, I where where did they get wrong? Yeah, it's trash. Let me let me explain something to you. Talk. Joe Joe DiMaggio behind Mike Trout is a joke. DiMaggio at sixteen, he's one of the best players ever. They wrote songs about this man. Not to mention, he went to fight in World War Two. For like four years, came back and still made the all-star team. 56-game hit streak, 13 seasons, 13 all-star appearances, three MVPs, nine championships. I'm sorry. What has Mike Trout done besides be hurt the last two seasons, really? (laughs) I think we really need to see. You know what? To be honest with you, this year, I think, is a very pivotal year for Mike Trout. Uh, you know, last season he only played in 36 games and he needs to accomplish more at this point in his career. And, you know, to go over the list more, I mean, come on, Sandy Koufax. Listen, I love Randy Johnson. He ain't Sandy Koufax. No, sir. He's not. I love Greg Maddox. He's not Bob Gibson, right? So now Pedro's filthy. Pedro's nasty. And Roger Clemens' performance-dancing drugs are not was was all, all powerful. But Nolan Ryan, where's Nolan Ryan? Nolan Ryan is in the 40s. 
Come on, man. Dude was pitched into pitched into his forties. Tony Gwynn is forty-four, but Ted Williams is five. I would argue that they're one and two in terms of best pure hitters of all time. Yeah, Ma- Mariana I mean, Rivera. They... Mariana Rivera is thirty-one on this list. Mariana Rivera, you know the greatest closer. I mean, closer is a new role, but he's the thirty-first greatest of all time. Unanimous MVP. Yeah, the unanimous, only unanimous unanimous Hall of Fame selection. Yeah, Babe Ruth. Elite, Babe Ruth's number one, which okay, we got that right. Ted, I believe Willie Mays was two, Hank Aaron three, right? Yeah. Yep. All right, so that's okay. I think what Ty Cobb, I think was four. Cobb is four. Ted Williams yeah. is five. All right, we're it's, it's okay, but and then you have Mickey Gary. Mantle seven, right? Yep. Something. Yeah. See, like. Joe's got to be top 10. His record yeah. will never be broken. It's never going to be. He went and fought in a war. He came back and still made the all-star team and won a championship. Absolutely, because then you're looking at Mickey Mantle 7, Barry Bonds 8. Say what you will about him. It's, and that's Walter a tough Johnson, one, right? Yeah, Walter Johnson and Stan Musial. I mean, I you know what? You know what surprised me on that list? Mike Schmidt. I didn't realize how good Mike Schmidt was. Mike Schmidt was the man. Holy shit, he was good. Look at those numbers he put up. Uh, Mike Mike Schmidt is an under... The problem with Mike Schmidt is that he played in Philly. Well, and he they, is Mr. Philly. He is best player all time in Philly folklore. Yeah. But dude, dude, I think he had like hit over... I want to say he hit over 400 home runs. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. yeah. He, he, 3,000 hits, the whole thing. He's a, he's a monster. I that, would argue... That, and, and, and he's not ahead of Trout. Huh. He's not, right? He's not nope. ahead of Trout. Nope. No, he is not. <laughs> but I would argue that Ken Griffey Jr. is too low on this list. Like, yeah. he's 13, maybe yeah. a bump him up. Like, I would say I, Barry Bonds is not in my personal top 10 just because no. of what yeah, he I did. Agree. I Imagine would, if Griffey if, did. Griffey, Griffey did it, man. That would be great. Oh, forget it. But I, I would swap. I would personally swap Griffey and Bonds just for the simple fact that there was no sweeter swing than Ken Griffey Jr. And, you know, he was the face of a generation. Barry Bonds is the face of a, a generation for the wrong reason. Yeah, it's bad. It's terrible. But, you know, I, I get this is clickbait. And I, I get that Major League Baseball wants to have something that's there. not uh they want know, us to talk about it they, yeah. want, they, they want us to talk about it we, we're talking about it that's, nope. that's what this that's what it was all about it was all about hey man this super bowl doesn't have a lot to talk about let's get a list out there that people can ramble about and argue about and talk about it's hard to compare errors but i mean the thing about baseball is the numbers don't lie i mean the, the numbers don't lie Joe DiMaggio played on some of the best teams ever constructed. Yogi Berra has 10 rings, man. Mm-hmm. And, and wait. So Yogi Berra has like 10 rings. He was on some of the best teams of all time. And I'm pretty sure he was the MVP on some of those teams. Three times. He was a three-time three times MVP. Three times. You're the MVP of a stacked team. Holy shit. But no, Mike Trout better than you. Because <laughs> right. all he's done for the game of baseball. Yo- Yogi Berra. Uh, totally. Yogi Berra is the 39th 
best player of all time according to this list. Now, and I'm I, not saying I'm not saying Mike Trout's a bad player. He's a good. He's he's arguably probably one of the, one of the best players playing right now when he plays. But to say he's an all time great top twenty when he's got at least what he's got to play at least ten more years. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't I don't see it, man. I will give them credit for this list though. For this simple reason, they did include Negro League players. So you have Josh Gibson on this list. You have Satchel Paige on this list. You, it is, it is a comprehensive list. So you do have a who's who of guys. That being said, like some of the people ahead of the Josh Gibsons and the Satchel Pages are definitely questionable, to say the least. And for me, I mean. I mean, Pete Rose is only 34. He's your all-time hit king. He's only, I get the whole gambling, betting on baseball thing, but he's only 30. I don't know. No, that doesn't work for me. <laughs> that just doesn't work for me. I don't know. I don't know. No. 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 Nolan Ryan, no. all-time strikeouts. You know, nah. Nah. You know, uh, George Brett. George Brett. Tony Gwynn. Two guys that almost hit 400. Like Wade Boggs. Another. Wade Boggs is 45th. Really? Really, guys? Ahead of guy uh, ahead of, you know, Bob Feller. I mean, I get I get the era comparison. One was a pitcher, one was a third baseman, but I don't know. I, I don't see Wade Boggs as the 45th greatest baseball player of all time. I just no. don't see it. No. But uh, you know, speaking of all-time greats. We thought the Nets had some all-time greats on their team. <laughs> they can't seem to get them on the court. And not having everybody on the court and not having everyone play together has led to nine straight losses in a row. Katie's out. Kyrie's only playing road games. And James Harden seems disinterested. What do the Nets need to do to get on track? Blow it up. Blow it up. You enabled Kyrie Irving. You're enabling James Harden. Ultimately, you're going to trade James Harden because he's not coming back. He's not coming back. Plain and simple. He chased an easy ring or what he thought was an easy ring. And... It blew up in his face. Kevin Durant, it blew up in his face. Kyrie Irving, it blew up in his face. You put a neophyte coach out there, and this team has been nothing but a disappointment. Now, they score. They do score. But at the end of the day, they're not doing enough. It's the James Harden show, and James Harden doesn't particularly want to be there anymore. Which is totally soft. I'm sorry. Like you want to be a superstar. You want to be the man. You want to be the war machine. Exactly. You want to be the dog. You want to be the lead dog. This isn't lead dog behavior, man. Pouting until you get traded is not lead dog behavior. And Kevin Durant can tell you all about that because he's already done that. Yeah, he but already- what I will say, but dude, what I will say to defend James Harden. You gotta go in that locker room and look around and be like, yo, Kyrie's playing road games, man. 
Mm-hmm. I didn't sign up for this. Kevin Durant's hurt. Like I didn't sign up for this. And he was offered an extension over the summer and he didn't take it. So it's like, dude, I'm telling you that I'm not coming back. Trade me now to Philly wherever. I'm not coming back. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's pretty much said that stuff. And I think what Durant is saying is behind the scenes is like, listen, I'm coming back after the All-Star break. Eventually, they're going to loosen up these restrictions. Kyrie's going to be able to play. All three of us will play together and we'll win a championship. I got to believe that that's what Durant's saying behind enemy lines. More than likely, he's he's trying to be the voice of reason. But even when Kyrie Irving comes back full-time, what's this going to be? Like, I, I can't say with any degree of certainty that this is going to be any better. They well, should have kept Dinwiddie. Yeah, they yeah. should have kept. They they should have kept the nucleus of that team, the Karis Leverts, the Jarrett Allens. They were better with these quote unquote role players than they yeah, are with the superstars. Yeah, but let's not forget they. Let's not forget that Durant and Kyrie almost. I know I sound like a Met fan when I say this, but they almost beat the Bucks. Just the two of them. You know, Kyrie got hurt. And then Kevin Durant was a three-pointer away from, you know, knocking them, at least knocking them off. So I give I give pause when you say that it won't be better. The only thing I will say is Kyrie's playing the road games. They're still losing the road games, you know? Mm-hmm. But listen, let's say you're Kevin Durant. Sean Marks calls you says, Kevin, we got to make a move. I got to either move Kyrie or James. Who do you want me to move? Kyrie, you move him to the Lakers, you bring me Westbrook. Wow. Westbrook wow. will actually be there. He will be there. He may not be better, but he'll be there. I can but rely I on him. But I don't you think you think you think Kevin Durant wants to play with Russell Westbrook again? Give me the Brooklyn Thunder. Give me the <laughs> Brooklyn Thunder. No, I don't think so, man. I don't think so at all. I don't think he wants to play with him. I think if I think if Sean Marks was to go to Kevin Durant, he would say, trade James, just don't trade him to Philly. I think that's what he would say to him. Well, that's and, most likely. I mean, the problem is, is that it's Philly or bust. And you're going to get Ben Simmons back. How do you feel about that? How would you feel about that if you're Kevin Durant? If you're Kevin Durant, I don't think you care. Because what I think you think to yourself is, is listen, we almost beat the Bucks, just me and Kyrie. Ben Simmons could play defense and grab rebounds, something we don't do. So that's the way I think he looks at it. But he doesn't want he doesn't want James to go to Philly because then he's gonna have to go through James for the next for all of his time in Brooklyn. And I don't think he wants to have to deal with James and Embiid. I don't think he cares, but I don't think he wants to deal with it. How about you move you could move James to Portland and get Dame Lillard or get mm-hmm. I mean oh, I know Dame Lillard's hurt, but you can you can get you can get that over there. You can't send him to Houston. You might be able to send him to Miami. Maybe get a Kyle Lowry. But teams in the East are going to be reluctant, you know, to, to try to do business. You you reluctant to do business with teams in the East. I don't you know really if Miami wants to West. break that up right now. I think he would send to the West. Miami's good, but I think Miami also turns around to themselves and says we can't beat the Bucks. Can we beat the Bucks? I don't think we can. I don't know if I don't know if they can. 
Yeah, but I also don't know if James Harden goes into the Miami locker room and makes it better. Now, because now you have James James Harden and Jimmy Butler. No, no, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. But, yeah. I mean, Philly's going to be pushing for this trade. But I, I can't imagine it works because... If you're Brooklyn, you don't want to have to deal with that. They're not only are they in the same conference, I think they're in the same division. Like you're, yeah. you're gonna play them a lot, and unless you're banking on MB getting hurt or James um, leaving, not signing an extension, or James not being as good as he was last year, that's the only way you do that. Otherwise, I, I, I don't, I don't advise it. Is your hair thinning or is your hairline receding? Scalp micropigmentation will fill in the areas where your hair is missing by creating a short buzz cut look. Micropigmentation is a non-invasive procedure that will create the illusion of hair follicles for seven to 10 years. For people with alopecia, this could be a permanent fix. For people with scars on their scalp, this is a great way to camouflage a scar. Don't lose confidence or feel like you need to wear a hat wherever you go. Marquez Studio is located in the Bronx and is open for all your scalp micropigmentation needs. Consultations are free and appointments can be made any day of the week. Get your hairline back with scalp micropigmentation. The techs at Marquez Studio have over 30 years of haircutting experience and can assist you with all of your questions. Call to schedule a consultation today, 646-221-8728. You can also visit them on Instagram at Bronx Marquez to see their gallery and view all their satisfied customers. Again, that is Marquez Studio, located in the Bronx, New York, 646-221-8728. But, you know, we have we have the trade, trade deadline approaching tomorrow. Uh, the contending Cavs already made their moves. They added Karis LeVert, which I think is amazing. That's a game changer. Uh, um, you had uh, the Pacers selling, but they I think both teams made out pretty good with the Sacramento Kings. They made out pretty good in that deal. But what other teams need to make a move before the NBA trade, trade deadline tomorrow? I mean, you're looking at the Karis LeVert trade, which is huge. Demata Sabonis went to went to the Kings. Tyrese Halliburton went back in the other way. So you got guys moving. CJ McCollum went to the Pelicans. Like you have some pretty good. Get that one. Yeah, get that one. I don't understand it either. But they flip. They just they flipped Sadoransky as part of another trade that brought them Joe Ingles. So Joe Ingles, he got moved from Utah. He's now in Portland, and he's going to rehab in Rose City. So you got me on that one. It's probably just to create some cap room. But, I mean, we already mentioned who needs to make a move. Like, Brooklyn needs to make a move. Like, the Lakers need to make a move. If they are if they are serious about doing anything this year, the Lakers need to do something. And if that means, you know, I don't even know. I can't the, – the realistically – who are you moving on that team? It's pretty much Westbrook. I mean, you're not moving Davis. You're certainly not moving LeBron James. You're not. Nobody wants the the rest of the guys that are on that bench. So, I mean, Westbrook's not great, but he'll at least get you some value. Uh, Julius Randle's probably gonna get moved from the Knicks. You're probably gonna see Boston probably make a move or two, and. 
you know, it wouldn't surprise me if there was some kind of under the radar blockbuster, you know, like we saw Sacramento break up their team. You know, everybody's like, you know, Oh, buddy healed and Halliburton. And they, they have their usual. We're two years away from being two years away mentality. And then they blew it up. Now, would you have somebody like, I don't know, like, you know, would, would you consider like Carl Anthony Towns? Would Carl Anthony Towns end up finally get moved? He was, he requested a trade in the beginning of the season before it started. You know, Minnesota is Minnesota as usual. Like, do they finally like pull the trigger and does a team like, I don't know, the Celtics, I don't somebody else. Do do you finally like make a move for that and try and take it to the next level? Because yeah, yeah mean, where you I'm, are, where you are, you're kind of nowhere. Yeah, I don't see, I don't see the Lakers being able to move Westbrook. Uh, the, the weirdest thing about it is, is their best trade asset right now is LeBron, and you know, I don't know, I don't know what his thoughts are because <laughs> when you when you no seriously go when you talk to him. They were talking to him after I think the Bucks game. I think they played the Bucks and they got beat. And he's just like, we're just not on their level. If you're not on their level, then you, you're not you're not going to be able to compete for a championship. So what are we doing here? So, like, I just to me it makes sense to trade LeBron if he's open to it. You're not going to win. You're not going to win this year. You're not going to win next year. I know they cleared cap space, though. I think they cleared like $31 million in cap space. I don't know what they're trying to sign next year. But um, but if the, the one thing I'd like to see is I think the Celtics should blow up their team. They're not winning. No. So why don't you go and you trade Jalen Brown to the Blazers for Dame Lillard? Or you trade Jalen Brown to the Timberwolves? for Carl Anthony Towns and then move Marcus Smart to the Heat, the Lakers, or try to get some draft picks. Keep Tatum, build around Tatum, but I mean, I would even be open to moving him because he's good and I and he has the potential to be better, but for some reason, he, it just seems like he's peaked right now and I don't know what's going to get him over the top. I always said that out of all the players I've seen come in the league, he, to me, had the ability to become like a Kobe Bryant. Like, if he put in the work, the effort, he just, he's got the body type, and he's got the shot, and he's super athletic, but it's just not coming together. And I don't, like, their team was the best it could ever be, like, three years ago, I think, and it got to the conference championship. But they're nowhere near getting back to there again. Not as long as Joel Embiid is healthy and on the Sixers. No, definitely not. And the the problem with the Celtics is that the whole was never greater than the sum of its parts. You know, they just never gelled the way you had hoped that they would gel. And then, I mean, they I mean they would probably be wise to kind of break it up, shake it up a little bit. But I just don't know if they're going to be amenable to that because of the potential that they see in the combination of, you know, of what they have, of Brown and Tatum. I, I don't know if they, you know, because Stevens 
kicked upstairs. You know, he's uh, enamored with these guys, and I really don't know what's going on. But, you know, who's to say that the Wizards don't really uh, make a move for somebody, too? Because they're on the outside looking in, but they're only 24 and 29. They lost Bradley Beal for the season. Maybe you go and maybe you bring in a scorer to kind of you know, bolster this team and make a run. Because if you look at it, as of right now, the teams in the playoff tournament, you're looking at the Celtics, the Nets, the Hornets, and the Hawks. I'm close with those teams. Like, I'm not that far away from the Hornets. I'm not that far away from the Hawks. The Celtics, they'll probably come back to me. So, I don't know. There's still... There's still an... There's still a shot. It's an outside chance, but there's still a chance there. And the, honestly, even the Knicks, but the Knicks have way the Knicks have way too many problems right now. And it really like they can stand to move Kemba Walker. If any if they could find anybody who would take him. You know, Kemba Walker would be a, a nice subtraction off of this team. And honestly, Evan Fournier. I don't understand why they brought him in to begin with. I watched him with the Celtics last year. I watched him and Kemba with the Celtics. And if I'm Leon Rose and if I'm Tom Thibodeau, what was like, yes, what was, what was the, what made me think, yes, get me those guys. I just don't see it. I, I honestly just don't see it. Looking to break into broadcast media, web development, social media marketing, or filmmaking? Then CSB is the program for you. From day one, you'll be trained hands-on by industry pros like friend of the show Rob Adams, whose goal is to get you trained and get you working in months, not years. CSB offers 8- and 16-week programs in small class sizes designed to give you the personalized attention you need. If you can make it in person, there are five East Coast locations. If you can't, they offer virtual classes too. How great is that? And once you graduate, you become part of the alumni network that gets you to the front of the line. Trust me, I'm an alum myself. Go to GoCSB.com today, request more info, set up a studio tour, and who knows, you may very well be on your way to a career in broadcast media. That's GoCSB.com and tell them Z sent you. GoCSB. Bullshit or no shit, we're going to debate this week's most controversial sports topics right now. All right, boys and girls, you know how it is. We got a statement. And... If we agree with it, it's no shit. If we disagree with it, it is bullshit. Bullshit or no shit. Number one, Jabari Smith is the best basketball player in the country and will be the number one overall pick in the NBA draft this year. I'm going to say no shit. I mean, I know he's a freshman, but he's averaging 15.6 points per game. He shoots 40% from three. He reminds me a lot of Kevin Durant, and I like him better than... Chet Holmgren. I'm gonna go. 
I'm going to go bullshit on this. Just, you know, playing devil's advocate, there's always a chance that somebody else could bubble up. He's averaging 15, almost 16 points a game, seven rebounds for Auburn. He's doing a, you know, he's doing a, a yeoman's work. It's a representative job, but like, you know, you got, like you said, you mentioned Holmgren. There may be a European player. You have, you know, I think uh, you have a bunch of different, like this, it feels like a weak year to per- personally, like trying to follow college basketball. I'm just not in it. And yeah, I don't know. I really think that you would be fine to choose him, but this feels like a wide open year to me. Bullshit or no shit. Number two, the New York Rangers will stay hot and recapture first place in the Metro division. Man, I'm going no shit on this. Uh, They got some tough games coming out. You know, the gate against the Cavs, the Penguins, and the Bruins. But Gerard Gallant has the Rangers playing some old school hockey. And it is definitely paying off. So I'm going no shit. I so desperately want to say no shit as a fan, but you know I'm going to have to go bullshit on this. As much as I want to believe it, everything has been breaking well. So you expect that there's going to be some level of adversity, and that's going to kind of keep them where they are. Chris Kreider is equatorially hot. He leads the NHL in goals. Can I expect that production from him when they get back next week from the break? I can't expect that because I haven't seen it until this year. Chris Kreider finally figured out that he's big. He's always been the big guy with speed, but now he's finally the guy who's parking his ass in front of the net. He's finally realized that the way for him to be successful is to be Adam Graves. And that's great. Can Panarin step up? Can Zabanajad step up? Adam Fox needs to come back. Goaltending needs to stay healthy. Will these young players continue to play at that level? Are the Rangers going to fortify with a Jacob Chikrin or a JT Miller? Are, if they can do these things, then they can make that run. But if they're not willing to trade from their, their strong minor league system... I don't necessarily know if they're going to take the ascent to the next level. I would love to be wrong. I want to be wrong. But I think that they're going to just kind of lay in the weeds and stay where they are. Granted, it is only one point difference between them and Carolina. But also, you got to see who's behind you. Pittsburgh is like right there. And you never count out the Pittsburgh Penguins. I've learned the hard way. Never count out the Pittsburgh Penguins, especially with that rat weasel Crosby. We love you, Sid. Bullshit or no shit. Number three, Cooper Cup will be the MVP of the Super Bowl. Yeah, so I'm going no shit on this one. I mean, we talked about our dark horses earlier in the show, but if we're talking about favorites, he's my favorite. I mean, nobody has stopped him up to this point. I I'll be able to pull up the numbers, but uh, I predicted the Rams will win, and if they win, it's going to be because Cooper Cup and he takes home the MVP. In the three playoff games 
Like Arizona shut him down. Ooh, shut him down for 61 yards and a touchdown. That's that's Cooper Cup being shut down. <laughs> like against Tampa Bay, 183 and a touchdown. And Jeez. we we've already talked about the Antoine Winfield play. We've already talked about it to death. I'm not going to talk about it. And then against San Francisco, 11 for 142 and two touchdowns. Jesus. So, Jeez. that being said, which way you leaded? I'm going bullshit. <laughs> I'm going bullshit. Oh, I think whoa. I think that you know I, I someone's going to figure it out finally. <laughs> well, somebody's either going to figure it out or somebody else is going to have a more dynamic game. And if I if the Bengals win, like I think they're going to win. The MVP is not going to come from a losing team, so you know it could be Mixon. They're going to they're going to trip over themselves. Like I said, they're going to trip it over, over themselves to give it to a quarterback. I could definitely I mean Jamar Chase if he balls out, he could definitely have it. And then you know you always have the there's always the opportunity for them to give it to them the random defensive player like that one year. Um, what was his name? Malcolm Smith, I think. Malcolm Smith Malcolm is a Smith one, he's a Super Jackson Bowl. one. Yeah, he's a Super Bowl. Von Miller one. A couple guys yeah. in defense. But one. Malcolm Smith is a Super Bowl MVP. You know, Desmond Howard was a Super Bowl MVP. So it's possible it's within the realm of possibility that the Dark Horse actually wins, but I think that you know, I'm sticking with my pick and if I stick Wait, with my talking, pick. Malcolm Smith, you you referring to Malcolm Butler? No, I think there's a, a Malcolm Smith. Oh, from the yeah. Seahawks, yes, right? Yes, the, the first one, yes. Gotcha. Yeah. So that was just like, okay. And it's such an arbitrary uh, such an arbitrary pick, but, you know. And if I'm going to stick with my pick, I'm going to be consistent with that. If the Bengals win, Cooper Cup's not going to win. Sorry, Coop. can't help but smile when you see a balloon. The simplest occasion is a party. Westchester Popstar is located in New Rochelle, New York, offers balloon styling and decor for all life's events. Birthdays, anniversaries, weddings, showers, school and corporate events, store openings, or just because. Westchester Popstars takes balloons and shapes them into works of art, creating decorative installations for your special occasions. No event is too big or too small, and their custom personalization service is top-notch. Westchester Popstars is a private studio, quickly expanding. In-person consultation is by appointment only. Send an email to westchesterpopstars at gmail.com for more information or to schedule an appointment. No need to hire an event stylist. All you need is balloons. Currently servicing Westchester, Putnam, New York City, and Connecticut. To find Westchester Popstars, search for them on Instagram, Facebook, or Google. The Fade Store presents the Alleged Superstar of the Week Award. All right, boys and girls, you know what time it is. It's time for the Alleged Superstar of the Week. We put up the poll. You vote in the poll. And then we tell you who won. It is that simple. Go to the Twitter poll at DNZ after the show and... We will tell you who the winner is. 
Do you know who won last week, Dave? Gee, I, you know what? I don't. I don't know. It was the NFL. The, ha, the, the NFL was the alleged superstar of the week. Who were your nominees for this week, Dave? All right. So first I have up for alleged superstar of the week, the Brooklyn Nets. You were down 26-2 to two last night in the first quarter against the Boston Celtics. The Celtics did not did not have Bird, McHale, or Parrish, but seemed no prop, but had no problem drumming you in the first quarter. Patty Mills was Patty Mills plus minus was minus forty seven, minus forty seven. Look it up. I'm not lying. That's that's the real stat. How awful do you have to be to be minus forty seven? Blake Griffin had six points and three rebounds in sixteen minutes. Dude. What kind of offense are you running? Are you running something from NBA 2K? Brooklyn Nets, you guys are my alleged superstars of the week. Number two, the Auburn basketball team. Good Lord, after we praised you. Last week, we praised you for being one of the best teams in the country. Congrats on first time being number one team in the country. You go out last night. You dance on the Arkansas Razorback logo before the game. Then you lose to them in overtime. Come on, man. Leave the dancing on the logo to T.O. and the Oakland Raiders. You're a bunch of college kids. Try making the league first. Just play the game, man. Auburn basketball, you're my alleged superstar of the week. And last, and certainly least, Brad Marchand. What is wrong with you? Penguins goalie Tristan Jerry was trying to give a puck to a fan, and Marchand slapped the puck out of his hand. Then... Jerry froze the puck. Marchand punched him in the helmet and then hit hit him in the head with a stick. Jerry was tight-lipped after the game, saying it was part of the game. I think actions were very poor and and did lack lacked sportsmanship. For a guy like Marchand, who's a champion and has been in the league for 13 years, dude, you are my alleged superstar of the week. What say you, Z? Well, Brad Marchand is a serial offender, so it doesn't surprise me that Brad Marchand has done something Licking stupid. people and biting people, so now he's he's on to hitting people in the face? Jeez. This is his game. His game. He's Tom Wilson with, without without the vitriol that Tom Wilson has. Like for whatever reason, Brad Marchand does not engender the same level of hatred that Tom Wilson engenders. But, you know, maybe it's because Brad Marchand has won multiple cups. But I don't know. I can't stand either one of them. For me, I'm going to start with Nate Hobbs. Who? Nate Hobbs of the Las Vegas Raiders for being arrested again for speeding in Southern Nevada after doing 110 in a 65-mile-an-hour zone. This is after he got arrested for DUI. Earlier this year, January 4th, he's begging the cop not to arrest him. But dude, you can't be going 110 in a 65. You just can't do it. Especially after you already got popped. You, Nate Hobbs, are my alleged superstar of the week. Major League Baseball, they're back for wasting 15 years of our lives with a PED outrage only to drop testing and open Pandora's box for Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, Barry Bonds, and every single steroid cheat under the sun. Either it matters or it doesn't, and if it doesn't, why have we been wasting our breath? 
Major League Baseball, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Joe Judge, for running back to New England after not being able to hack it as a head coach in New York. Lick those wounds, Joe, and maybe you'll be able to renege on your next head coaching gig just like another former New England coach we know. Joe Judge, you are my alleged superstar of the week. And last but not least, James Harden for being so soft that now the easy ring you wanted ain't happening in Brooklyn. So you're trying to angle your way out of town to Philly. If you think New York was tough, you ain't seen nothing yet, man. James Harden, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for you to vote. The nominees have been cast. And for our nominees, a little something for you. Not that. Not what I wanted. That's not it. There it is. Just do better, boys. Just do better. podcast has its own merch line now go to the fade store with dnz.com today for all your fade route merch needs i'm talking tank tops t-shirts sweatshirts like yoga pants we got those too like some cool accessories we got those too and we're not done yet we have so much more planned for you but check out what we have today at the fade store with dnz.com that's the fade store with dnz.com Order up! All right. It's time for us to order up. Order up, order up. But before we order up this week, we have a little special announcement from our boys at the Sweet Life Browning Company. Chef Tommy D and the crew have a special Valentine's Day box that they're putting out. And you can save some money on it, too. Go to SweetLifeBrownieCo.com, type in DNZ, that's the letter D, the letter N, the letter Z, 22 in the offer box, and you can get 5% off your Valentine's Day brownies. Get some sweet treats for your sweetheart from the Sweet Life Brownie Company. This week, we are ordering up the top five NFL coaching hires of this week off season from five to one who you got d all right i'm gonna start off with the houston texans hiring lovey smith i think he's the right guy for the job he got to a super bowl in chicago with rex grossman as his quarterback i mean come on you could take on the texans at number four i've got the denver broncos with nathaniel nathaniel hackett his father was a terrible coach, but he's all right. Uh, he only gets the he'll he could soar to the top if he's actually able to lure Aaron Rodgers. Um, they took the good parts of the Green Bay coaching staff. I, I air quote good parts, and uh, if they don't get if they don't get Aaron Rodgers, it could be a disaster. But he should be uh, he should be able to do well with the Denver Broncos. At number three, I've got the Jacksonville Jaguars and Doug Peterson. 
I think he learned from his mistake last year in Philly, two years ago in Philly. He comes from the Andy Reid coaching tree. He's won a Super Bowl. It's a solid hire. Um, he was able to win with Foles. He was able to win with Wentz. I think he can get the best out of Trevor Lawrence. At number two, surprisingly to you, I have the Miami Dolphins with Mike Mc. Wow. Um, yeah, he seems to be a bit of a space cadet, but uh, players and coaches have been coming at to bat for him, saying he knows his stuff. People think he's a great run game coordinator. If he can get Miami's run game on track and Tua and Waddle continue their success, Miami will be very formidable next year. And number one, you probably disagree with this, but I think it's great. It's Josh McDaniels to the Vegas Raiders. Whether he's coaching Derek Carr or Russ Wilson next year, I think that he's going to do well. Another guy who will learn from his errors of his previous head coaching experience. And I think he's just what the Raiders need. What do you got? Well, I don't hate the McDaniels hire. I definitely don't hate it. It's a good list. You put together a a very compelling list. For me, I have Josh McDaniels at number five. Just because he wasn't inspiring when he was the coach of of the Broncos. Yes, he won with Tim Tebow. But then he got drubbed by the Patriots the next week and then he was promptly discarded we'll say the year after then the Indianapolis Colt thing still sticks with me like you can't do that you're not gonna you can't put together a staff and then be like I'm just kidding psych nope Bill Bill help me help me so he's got talent hopefully he's matured the situation is a good one. I still think Basaccia should have gotten that job, but, you know, McDaniels will be fine. Number four, I'm looking at Nathaniel Hackett of the Broncos. He definitely has a good offensive mind. The cupboard is not totally bare. They just need to figure out their quarterback situation. And if he can get Aaron Rodgers, like you said, that's a pretty good get. Number three, this is a toss-up for me. I'm going to go with Lovey Smith just because of his playoff credentials. I think that he's going to bring, you know, as the head guy now, last year he was just the associate head coach and defensive coordinator. He's definitely going to bring that gravitas. He's going to bring that mental toughness. He's going to bring what he had with the Bears and he's going to make this Houston Texans team better. And if he has Deshaun Watson, he's already going to be better than last year. So if they keep Deshaun Watson, they're actually going to be in a much better position. Number two, Doug Peterson. We've seen what he can do with a quarterback that like Carson Wentz. A mediocre quarterback that he had playing like an MVP. Can he take Trevor Lawrence and unfuck him up and put something in there that is representative? It remains to be seen because Shad Khan has doesn't have the best track record. And he seems more married to Trent Balky than anything else. So we're gonna see what happens with here, but he's got the Super Bowl, he's got the pedigree. Doug Peterson is definitely on the list. And number one for me is Dennis Allen. 
Dennis Allen of the New Orleans Saints, he is going to keep the continuity there. And all they need is a quarterback. The defense plays. They have Alvin Kamara, but who knows for how long after he got arrested. We didn't even mention that. The arrest for the assault. My God. And then he still got to play in the Pro Bowl. So that's that's a bad job by the, L, the LVPD. But, um, you know, Michael Tom, Mike Thomas is still there. We'll see if he actually plays. If they can get a quarterback, maybe Russ. Who knows? But I like them keeping the continuity. And Dennis Allen's a good coach. Like, they're consistently high in defensive rankings. And, you know, he didn't do poorly when he was with the Raiders. He they was were 28, man. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> he they're definitely keeping the continuity in New Orleans by hiring keep- this guy. <laughs> yeah, well, they're keeping the continuity, but it wasn't. If you look at the talent level, if you look at the talent level of the Raiders at the time, they weren't there. It wasn't there. Only later did they actually get him talent. So I like what Dennis Allen brings to the table, and I think it is going to be better with him than somebody else. <laughs> this has been the Fade Route with DNC. Thanks for tuning in tonight. You can catch our podcast on Wednesday nights on the Anchor, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to your podcast. Until next time, stay faded, everyone. We'll talk to you next week. If you want to get on the action, we want to hear from you. Hit us up at Fade Route Podcast on IG. Fade route mail at gmail.com or slide in our DMs at Twitter at Fade Route DNZ. Questions, comments, picks, segment suggestions, you name it. We want to hear from you. Get at us in crowd. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.